All right, News Roundup, Information Overload Hour, toll-free. Our number is 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. We're going to get to our friend Sean Spicer here in a second. Uh, it is amazing. Remember, he is the first press secretary for the president, President Trump. And and he said, well, the, the crowd size was X or Y. And, and then the media went insane. You're a liar, liar, liar. Pants on fire, fire, fire. It's an amazing thing because there's been an awful lot of lies told by Jen Psaki, circle back. Let's play from the Biden administration some of the failures and lies that we've been chronicling. Do you believe that right now there's a crisis at the border? I think that the uh, um, the answer is no. As individuals come across the border uh, and uh, they are uh, both assessed for whether they have uh, any symptoms, if they have symptoms, they are the intention is for them to be quarantined. That is our process. They're not intending to stay here for a lengthy period of time. Why is the administration flying thousands of migrants from the border to Florida and New York in the middle of the night? Uh, well, I'm not sure that it's in the middle of the night, but let me tell you what's happening here. Um, it is our 429 a.m. Well, he, very he, early in the morning. He, and best of people couldn't get dishwashers and and furniture and treadmills delivered on time, not to mention all sorts of other things. So why the is the tragedy it, of the short the treadmill that's delayed? Right. The tragedy of the treadmill. Imagine Sean Spicer saying this. Anyway, we, uh, Sean Spicer joins us. He's back on the program. Former White House press secretary. He's got a brand new book out. Uh, we're going to feature it today on Hannity.com. It's on Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. It's called Radical Nation. It's out today. And and frankly, it's, it reads like everything that we're seeing happening and unfolding, none of which is good every single day in this country. And it makes clear everything that's at stake here in this country. And it's everything I've been saying. This is an all-hands-on-deck moment. We all need to be a spoke in the wheel. And if you think you can sit this one out, then you're going to suffer the consequences uh, of more of this. And the country will be completely and utterly unrecognizable in time. Mr. Spicer, sir, how are you? Welcome back. Good to have you. Dr. Hannity, always an honor to be on with you. By the way, now you're doing this TV gig. How you liking TV? Well, I now I figure I, I've started to realize what you what, what you find so enjoyable. I love it. I, I literally cannot tell you how much I enjoy getting up every day and being like, "What's driving the news? What do we want to talk to? How can we analyze it? Who's a great guest?" I I'm so glad I found my way into this, and uh, it, it's being on Newsmax every night is literally the funnest thing that I've done, and I hope I can continue to do it. Well, there's no reason why you wouldn't. Um, I, it's certainly better than you and that green little thing you were wearing on Dancing with the Stars, which I'll never <laughs> yeah, let you, you know, the, the feather I thing. Gonna say, you, you will, I was going to say, you are never going to let No, me I'm never letting. Down. No, no. I, 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 if Dancing with the Stars ever called me, which they never will, and they say, Hannity, you want to be on Dancing with the Stars? I said, I'd rather be dead. Shoot me in the head first. No, thank you. Not going to happen. Uh, Who talked you into wearing that stupid feathery green thing? Listen, you put on? Let's move on. I got to <laughs> book now. Come on. I mean, oh, I, mean uh, I, I, I love that, but that I will never. I mean, my kids. No, you, by the that, way, you never should live, live this down. You know, you know, many, no. many, many years from now at your funeral, that's going to be up there. There's going to be a picture. Somebody's going to bring it um, oh, and talk I, about how much, I, and with how Hall much fun. With, Hall with Halloween coming up, at least we have supply chain problems in this country. And if there's one that's advantage of that, I'm sure true. that the, the puffy green shirt can't get shipped to people all over the country. <laughs> well, before we get to the specifics in your book, and congratulations, by the way, 
Let's talk a little bit more about the double standard. I just played, you know, the Saki lies, the Joe Biden lies, the Kamala Harris lies. I mean, we're getting lied to left and right. And the only lies the mob and the media care about is if it's from a Republican or even if they can claim it's from a Republican. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I, I the 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 double standards, the hypocrisy, the policy failures. And, and you played those clips at the top where Jen Psaki just kind of flicks her hand and dismisses people as if they're stupid. You know, Peter Ducey sitting there saying, you know, okay, in the middle of the night and her going, well, it's four in the morning. I mean, that's just, I, I don't think that it's funny. Um, and I, I think that this idea of being dismissive and the, the zero pushback that she gets, um, I mean, saying that no Americans are stranded in Afghanistan and then having Ned Price, the spokesman for the State Department, go out and say we're in touch with several hundred Americans who are in Afghanistan. It's like, but nobody calls it out. You know, uh, it, over and over again, whether it's their actions and not wearing masks and enforcing their own policies or their failed policies, inflation, and then dismissing inflation as a rich people's problem and it's a short-term problem, they, it. I cannot believe, and I scratch my head every day going, you've got to be kidding me. It's, it's, you know, sometimes people call it like Monday morning quarterbacking when you're watching a game and you watch the guy and you go, I would have thrown it up to the right. I watch these press briefings and I'm like, are your hands glued to the bottom of your chair? Because this is when you should be jumping up and asking and pulling a Jim Acosta and saying, hey, whoa, 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 that's not what you said three weeks ago or this policy is not working out or that individual is not doing their job. Nothing is ever wrong in Biden world. How do you interpret now that he's in the mid 30s in terms of his public approval ratings um, and nothing that he's do doing is working? Afghanistan was a preventable disaster. The border, a preventable disaster. The high cost of energy, a prevent a very preventable disaster. Uh, Bidenflation is a was a very preventable disaster. Um if you look at, you know, the the economy or the fact that he had three vaccines and monoclonal antibodies and, and still more people died in 2021 than 2020 of covid, I think uh, I think looks bad for Biden, who said he was going to fix this problem. And then we've got China and their geopolitical ambitions on full display every day. And Joe does nothing. Uh, the same with Russia, the same now with North Korea. And, and apparently the, Joe Biden's envoy to Iran is willing to accept a nuclear armed Iran, which I'm not willing to accept. I, I think here's the thing that's interesting, Sean, based on what we were just talking about. They get so little coverage. I, there are days when I, I flick around the media in the morning. I can't help myself. It's an addiction. And and I, I and then I, I don't have that addiction. I don't give coming. a flying rip what any of those people say. <laughs> Well, no, but I, I just kind of want to know, like, what the environment is for the day and blah, blah. But it's amazing. You can you can live in an alternative world right now where the Today Show and the Washington Post and the L.A. Times and the New York Times don't cover anything that is adverse to Biden. And so but what's happening and I've realized this is whether they're listening to your show on the radio or your show at night or my show on Newsmax. People are smart and they're getting their information from alternative sources. And that's why. The, the poll numbers are what they are, because despite the media attempting to cover up and clean up for everything that this administration does, the American people are saying this doesn't match. When I go down to the store, either the things that I see on the shelf are much more expensive or they're non-existent at all and we can't get them. And there's a reason that that's happening. And this administration is the reason and their policies are driving it. So I, I, I get it's funny is sometimes as frustrated as I get with the media. I look at these poll numbers and I say, OK, the American people don't buy what they're being sold. What was it like with you when you were press secretary behind the scenes with these people? 
Well, a lot of times they come to you and say, hey, sorry about, you know, I had to, I had to do that or I had to say that at the brief. And I'm like, no, you didn't actually. You, you, you can ask your question anytime. I mean, I, obviously nothing's ever off the table. You can do whatever you want. You didn't have to act like a jerk. And so I, I, for me, it was very personal because I, I knew a lot of the individuals for quite some years. And I felt like, like I said, that's well, let their me, job. Let me ask the ask question a different way. So you're in the press room and they're, they're grilling the hell out of you. And they're acting like jackasses every day. Then what happens when the cameras go off and they're hanging out? You, uh, what often happens, people, if you haven't been to the White House, is it's in the, I guess it's part of the West Wing, isn't it, where the, where the press yep. is? And it's very close yep. to the president's office. And they, they tend to congregate around there in the hopes of asking you more questions to get, you know, some color or behind the scenes or off the record comments so they can offer context. And did they suck up to you then when the cameras were off? Did they treat no, you differently? It was, it, it, it was never suck up, but it was more apologetic. Like, hey, man, I'm really sorry that I, you know, had to say that in the briefing room or I had to stand up and yell. And I was like, and I would say, no, like you didn't have to do that. You know, one made you do it. Um, you didn't have to act like a jerk. So they wouldn't ever like a pot, like come to you and, and say like, hey, buddy, you know, let's go grab dinner or anything. But they would try to pretend as though, hey, I was. I was just doing what my boss told me to do, but you know, well, we're then good, come right? back and, the next day and they do it again. And who, by the way, who do you right, think was yeah. the worst? Who, who are the worst three people? Um, I, I would put a at the top of that list because I, I mean, I think Jim obviously knows better and it was for him. It was, it was truly a show. Um, and then there, there was a, there was a, it was different people at different times. To be honest with you, I, I got into it a ton with Glenn Perrush. He was with the New York Times, or he's still with the New York Times, I guess, a bunch of times. Um, and I'm trying to remember, there were, there were a couple others, but, it, you know, it would, it would pop from different, different reporters would go off at different times. Um, April Ryan a few times from, I think she was with American Urban Radio at the time. I think she's at the Grio now. Um, but there were a couple other folks from CNN that were of the same ilk. And, um, and it just sort of rotated who was going to be the jerk of the day. Uh, but again, if you watch now, I went from, you know, a bunch of hyenas jumping up and down every day um, to you, you look now and it's a bunch of like well-trained prep school kids that are sitting there with their hands folded. Well, with waiting the exception of Peter Ducey, right? I mean, Peter Ducey. Well, but here's the thing. No, no, but, but can I just say this? Here's the thing about Peter Ducey. Peter Ducey asks respectful, civil question he asks if if you what peter ducey is asking is the tough question that's a problem for the press corps peter ducey asked the question that every person with a brain is thinking of every day and say i'm going to what what would i ask the white house he does a great job of asking that question in a respectful civil professional way he doesn't jump up and down he doesn't shout he sits in his chair calmly asks the question and follows up politely i give peter ducey a ton of credit for how he handles himself as a professional and as a journalist he is a model of how you do it right these other guys just sit there and watch him do it and that's what's considered tough i think what peter does is does his job i mean like that's what you should do and that just tells you how bad the rest of them are that he is the only one that actually asks the question that's on the mind of every other American sitting there watching those briefings. Quick break. More with Sean Spicer is with us. His new book, Radical uh, Nation, is out today. Hannity.com, Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. Uh, we'll get an update on what's going on in the borders with Andy Biggs and your calls next half hour as well. 800-941-SEAN. CBS TV, and it's the news like nobody else. 
This is the Sean Hannity Show. Sean Spicer, we continue with him. His brand new book out today, Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere. It's called Radical Nation. So you do a great job of chronicling what the problem is and how radical Joe and Kamala's plans are for America. I guess the, the next logical question for me is what 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 is the answer? What is the antidote for yeah. a Republican so, to win the White House? They got they, you got to win Florida, Ohio. You got to win Georgia. You got to win North Carolina. Not easy. You got to pick off Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, some combination thereof. Uh, fight in New Hampshire. Then you've got to, you know, you, you, then you got to go out to the West Coast and fight for Arizona, Nevada, etc. It's not an easy. You have to run the table if you're a Republican or a conservative. Well, there's two things. The first is uh, on a personal level. I, the last chapter in my book, chapter 20, is a, is how every individual can get involved. Because right now, the goal of the left, and that includes big tech, big media. Uh, corporate America, academia, is to cancel out folks on the right. If it wasn't for shows like yours, stuff like that that I've been trying to do, the reason I wrote the book is to give people the tools. But we've got to get involved on a personal level. People have to. I love these people going out to school board meetings. They're getting involved. They're having their voices heard. I live in Virginia. I am so excited about what Glenn Youngkin has been able to do in terms of getting you think he's going to win? I'm excited. I do. I think it's going to be close. But I'll tell you right now, Sean, all you have to do is look at where McAuliffe is and who's coming in for him. Tonight, Biden's going to be in Arlington. He's at State By the way, Abrams. that's the dumbest uh, choice. The dumbest person he could bring in is Joe Biden. I'm glad he's going. Well, I am, too. I keep going. You should come back. But the reality is, is that this White House needs to show they if, if McAuliffe loses, they need to be able to say we we tried to help. That's why they're doing it. But they're bringing him to Arlington. He has a turnout problem. Terry McAuliffe right now, the base is not excited, is not motivated. And at the end of the day, Republicans are fired up. I, like I said a moment ago. Well, what have early voting numbers? What have you seen in early voting that tells you that the Democratic base is depressed? Well, up until last weekend, I mean, you look in terms of the highest turnout that, that existed in the state was in southwest Virginia, which is good for Republicans. And in areas where they need to do well in early voting, Fairfax, Prince William, Alexandria, Arlington, um, they weren't where their numbers were. Now, I will give you this. They had a good weekend. There's no question about it. The question is, can they get back up to where they have to be? He has to run. Um, he has to take in over 80 percent of the black vote. And right now, Glenn Youngkin's getting a lot of support in minority communities. I, I, I look, it's we're we're playing on a razor's edge in Virginia. I mean, uh, so this is a question. Can Glenn Youngkin carry Southwest Virginia with the Trump base? If they turn out, he can win this thing. And then the converse piece of this, if McAuliffe does not have the turnout in those aforementioned places in northern Virginia, he can't win. And he has so he has to really um get those people to come out and especially minorities women people that made up part of well, the democratic the key democratic coalition and and terry mccall's not exciting them no and i think he's actually in his comments about parents and teachers was dumb uh the book is called radical nation it's up on hannity.com amazon.com and out out in bookstores everywhere uh it's been too long sean spicer appreciate you being with us we're going to hold you one week from today that race in the commonwealth of virginia we'll be watching closely <laughs> Uh, I voted early. All right, 800 941 Sean, our number. Quick break, right back. All right, 25 now until the top of the hour. Uh, in case you haven't heard, 
migrant caravan containing thousands and thousands once again traveling from Mexico towards the U.S. border saying, tell Biden we're coming. Congressman Chip Roy of Texas says Biden is disregarding U.S. laws amid the crisis. It's obvious that's what he's doing. He's aiding and abetting law breaking, which you're not allowed to do. He took an oath to uphold our Constitution. Our Constitution is the is the bedrock, the foundation of our entire legal system. Anyway, so it is, you know, we have a thousand state troopers, Texas Rangers deploying to the border. Uh, they're, they're expecting thousands to arrive. And Biden's not doing a thing to stop it. One Guatemalan man apparently illegally in the country in the U.S. kills a Florida girl in a DUI collision. I guess we're not going to hear much about that and say, Okay, at what point are people held accountable for the policies that allow illegal immigrants into the country and then terrible tragedies happen? What am I saying? I'm not, you might, we have to check and make sure people don't have radical associations. We have to check and make sure people are healthy. You know, we can't say, no, you don't need a COVID test. You get preferential treatment because you're here illegally and you're not going to be here very long. But the American people have vaccine mandates put on them. I mean, ABC, CBS, fake news, CNN, MSDNC, NBC, they even refuse to cover the the new migrant caravan that's moving towards the U.S. By the way, there was another case where a teenager in Houston was charged with murder and aggravated assault in the car crash that killed three valet drivers. Apparently has made bail originally from Sudan, not a U.S. citizen. Charged with three counts of murder, one count of aggravated assault with serious bodily injury. Uh, this happened following an October 1 crash. And the 17-year-old made bail this week and is required to wear an ankle bracelet. Oh, okay, I'm sure that's going to work. But what what are the plans here? What are they, what are they planning to do? How are they going to stop this? The plan is not to stop it. That's the problem. And you get preferential treatment if you're if you're entering this country illegally over American citizens. You don't have COVID testing. You don't have vaccine mandates. Anyway, Andy Biggs of Arizona is doing work that apparently no one else really wants to do. And he's remaining strong in the effort to protect our borders. And Biden's allowing these these thousands of unchecked individuals into our country. And he sent a letter to the DHS today demanding answers on why they've issued guidance that prevents ICE agents from enforcing our own immigration laws. So they're actually putting in writing that they want you to break the law. Is that true? Yes, that's exactly right. I mean, Title Eight says that they have to detain uh, Ill- people who are illegally in the country. And Mayorkas actually sent out guidance to, the, to ICE, Immigration Customs Enforcement, and said, look, you know what? We don't have, there's 11 million people at least here. We don't have resources. And so we're just going to throw our hands up. We're going to exercise discretion. That's what he says. Another way of saying that is they're going to violate the law. They're not going to enforce the law. Um, they They have millions of people they could remove, but they're not even going to look for them anymore. By the way, Biden on this this horribly rated 1.2 million viewers, which is an unmitigated failure and a disaster for 90 minutes on fake news CNN. Uh, here's what he had to say about why he hasn't visited the southern border. And then Jen Psaki circling back, sparring with with Peter Ducey over Biden's claim. He did visit the border. Do you have plans to visit the southern border? Uh, I've been there before and I haven't. I mean, I know it well. I guess I should go down. But the. But the whole point of it is I haven't had a whole hell of a lot of time to get down. I've been spending time going around looking at the $900 billion worth of damage done by 
by hurricanes and floods and and weather and tra- and traveling around the world. Okay, following up on something else the president said last night. Why did President Biden say he has been to the border? Well, Peter, uh, as you may have seen, there's been uh, reporting that he uh, did drive through the border when he was on the campaign trail in 2008, and he is certainly familiar with the fact, and it stuck with him, with the fact that uh, in El Paso, uh, the border goes right through the center of town. Does that count as a visit? He said, I've been there before. You're saying he drove by for a few minutes. Does that count? What do you? What is the root cause? Where are people coming from who are coming to the border, Peter? The president said that I'm he asking, has I'm asking you a question, because I think people should understand the context. No, Alright, we continue with Andy Biggs. You know, when you hear their their reaction to all of this they really don't it's obvious they want illegal immigration what is the motive here why are they not enforcing law how come the courts haven't stepped in and said well if you don't like the law you have to go about the process of changing the law you just don't get to ignore the laws you don't like well sean that's that is the the 64 million dollar question is why don't they want to enforce the law some people suggest because they think they're going to be importing future democrat voters other people think it's just because they don't like the idea of a nation state. Um, and some things su- suggest that they just like chaos. But the bottom line is we've got some help from some courts, but like the Ninth Circuit's not going to help us. The Fifth Circuit's been decent in some respects, but we, we're fighting it out through litigation for sure. But we're also trying and to. And the fight Supreme it out Court through. has no interest seemingly to really right. deal with many issues of of significance these days am i wrong no you're 100 percent right and and this is one uh, sean i just have to tell you i think you're going to see a, a very different united states of america uh, a couple of years from now if this doesn't get in check and there's no reason for this to get in check because the courts aren't uh enforcing the the biden telling forcing biden to enforce the law and the biden administration is not enforcing the law and um uh, why wouldn't we have another two million people enter the country illegally next year? Because uh, the incentives are there for that to happen. Do you think that? And and I pointed out, for example, and I don't really care where people come from. I just want people to respect our laws, our borders, our sovereignty, and come into the country legally, like my four grandparents did, and they came through Ellis Island, and I have the certificates to prove it. Um, I don't care where you come from, but I do think we need checks and balances. One should be a security background check, a second in the middle of a pandemic, a health check, and a third has to be, you know, you have to prove you have the ability to take care of yourself when you arrive in this country and will not be a burden financially to the American people, not because we're mean and selfish, but because we can't afford it. I don't yeah. think that's, I don't, I don't think legal immigration, then I don't care where you come from. Welcome to welcome to our American family at that point. And now we have some assurance that you really want to be here and you're willing to respect our laws and that at least we know you don't have radical associations, health issues, and that you're going to work hard and and try and achieve the American dream. That's right. I mean, look, we we bring in more people legally than any other country in the world. Over 800,000 get naturalized, naturalized every year, become new U.S. citizens. There's probably another half a million come in to work, play, visit, uh, and and be part uh, of America for, for a while. But they're here legally, and they go through the process. When you don't uh, enforce your process, enforce your borders, you allow people to stream through between the ports of entry, uh, those people 
jump. And by the way, this is this program that Mayorkas is on. That is a full blown amnesty, um, backdoored without congressional approval um, for literally millions of people. They're going to jump the line in front of the millions of people who waited uh, patiently to come. Well, they've already tried twice now, and I read today for a third time now. They're trying to sneak this into the Senate reconciliation bill. Amnesty. Uh, right. Congressman Andy Biggs, love having you on. Thank you for being with us. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, Jane is in Oklahoma. Jane, hi, how are you? Instead of begging OPEC and Russia for energy, I, I'm kind of believing that my friends in Oklahoma and, te- and Texas can help us out a lot faster and cheaper. Well, you know, Sean, I actually I called about something uh, completely unrelated to that. That's okay. What's on your mind? I, uh, I'm an armed services member, and I wanted to call and talk to you a little bit about what's, uh, what's going on internally with your, your nation's military and this vaccine mandate. Okay. Um, what's going on? I, I don't, well, you know what? It's not, it's, it's not a good time. And the, I, the fact that the citizens aren't more concerned than they are is a problem. And the news is not doing much to cover it. You know, the people that go when they're asked to go, the people that you trust, to do what needs to be done to keep the country safe are, are screaming to be heard, and, and we get nothing. We're um, seeing this in the military. We're going to lose probably tens of thousands of people if they easily. stick by this December 8th mandate. Then we're seeing it. The Brooklyn Bridge yesterday was shut down in New York for New York City workers that say, and by the way, many of them are not against vaccination. They're against mandated vaccinations. Okay. Correct. We saw it Absolutely. at the Brooklyn Nets game last weekend as well. And I'm not arguing vax or not vax. We've had that debate endlessly, right? Now it's a matter of people are saying that they're willing to give up their salary, their benefits, their retirement, because for whatever reason, they don't, they're not going to get the vaccine. Now, in my mind, listening to them, watching them, it seems to me that they've made up their mind. So I think the debate part or the persuasion period is over. They don't trust Fauci, nor frankly should they. Uh, we've got nothing but mixed messages from the CDC, the NIH, Joe Biden, vaccine hesitancy. They created a lot of it by getting so much wrong. Um, when you look at the numbers, I think of parents are apoplectic over this idea of five to 11 year olds um, getting vaccinated. And I'll let the parents speak for themselves. And that now looks like it's going to head towards mandatory. Um, but we're going to lose military, police, uh, nurses, medical workers, you name it, teachers. They're all in very large numbers are going to be saying no to this mandate. Now, I'm not arguing whether it's right or wrong. I'm just saying this is now they, with the economy as it is on the brink and a worker shortage like we have. And people that are that committed to doing this, there's got to be a plan B. Now, I would prefer that no military member lose their pension, their benefits, and their pay. I prefer no nurse that dove on COVID grenades every single day in the worst of this pandemic be fired. I think that's like a slap in the face to every medical worker, every nurse um, that, that was working in a Petri dish, many of whom got COVID as a result. And I think that the answer is that you got to give people another option. The option that they originally offered was, well, what if you get tested once a week or tested twice a week or every day even? I don't care. Give them a way that they can keep their job and you can have safety um, 
in the workplace? Because, you know, these stadiums that are filled every weekend with football fans don't seem to be having big super spreader events. No, and but the one thing I want, I want to bring to your attention that I don't think people understand, and you hit on it with the doctors and nurses, the military is in the same boat. You do not want these people leaving the military. The group of people that are screaming the loudest are your highest trained, your highly educated, highly skilled operators. These are not... These aren't 18 year old boots that are just complaining and throwing their sucker in the dirt. We're talking in the thousands of people that you're we're, we're talking about spent billions pi- on pilots. We've spent, you know, tens and tens of millions of dollars training. What, what are we going to sideline them and, unless they capitulate? You know, these are men and women like yourself that bravely will risk their lives for their country. You know, at, at some point now it becomes it, it, it's again, I I don't tell people what to do. It's it, they've made up their minds. I don't think there's a thing that Fauci, the NIH, Walensky, Biden, Kamala can say that's going to turn them around. And I think if they're that committed that they're going to give up their career. I mean, that's a pretty deep level of commitment. What's this guy, Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets? He's given up millions of dollars because this is what he believes you can be critical all you want, but he's he's standing up for what he believes in and getting crucified because of it. Although he did get a lot of support this weekend. Anyway, I do have to run. I'm glad you called. Thank you for all you're doing with the military, Jane. That's going to wrap things up for today. All right. Newt Gingrich, Dr. Nicole Sapphire tonight. Tulsi Gabbard taking on the Democratic Party. Dana Lash, Pete Hegseth, uh, Joe Concha, uh, Greg uh, Jarrett will be with us. Leo 2.0 Terrell. Set your DVR, Hannity, Fox News. We'll see you tonight, back here tomorrow. As always, you make this show possible. We can't thank you enough. And we'll see you tonight, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.